0: Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed lead one of the NFL's best group of cornerbacks. However, offensive line is a concern for the Jets, while tight end is a bit of a wild card. We're going to rank the positions on the Jets roster ahead here on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Thursday, May 25th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thanking you for making this show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so that you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you're listening on a podcast source, please give the show a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up if you enjoy the show. These things help us out and help other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Yesterday, we did our weekly mailbag show, and I got a very interesting question from one listener that I did not answer yesterday. The question went like this. What positions on the roster do you feel comfortable with? Which positions do you feel least comfortable with? And which positions have the biggest question marks? And I felt like that was such a good question that it was worthy of an entire show. And I think, I think this is a good time of year to Take stock of what the New York Jets have on their roster. We are past free agency for the most part. We're past the NFL draft. There might be a trade here or there. There might be a signing that's unexpected. But for the most part, we know what the roster is. So this is a good chance to take initial stock of what the Jets have as we wrap up the offseason program in the next couple of weeks and then turn our attention to training camp a little bit later in the summer. So let's begin by talking about the positions I feel comfortable with on this Jets roster. And I'm going to begin, and maybe it's not so much for death, but just because of who's starting. It's the most important position on the field, quarterback Aaron Rodgers. You may have heard the Jets made a trade for him, future Hall of Fame quarterback, a guy you could make a pretty strong argument is one of the top 10 at his position in the history of pro football. It's nice to feel good about the quarterback position. And... I think this year's Jets team is actually kind of an interesting experiment because there's always this debate, how much does the quarterback really matter? Everybody knows quarterback's the most important spot on the field, but how much does quarterback really make a difference? And the Jets give us a unique test case here because they got probably, if not the worst quarterback play in the NFL last year, close to it. And if you look at the rest of the roster, I don't think they really got much worse at any position. I I don't think they really got much better at any other position. Really, quarterback is the one spot that there's a big difference in what the Jets will have starting there this year versus what they had last year, or at least what they planned to start last year. Of course, there were injuries, there were backups who had to take spots uh, during the season. But I think that the quarterback's really the one spot where the Jets have made a significant move. I mean, they've made a couple additions here or there. There are certain spots where maybe they're a little bit better. There are certain spots where maybe they're a little bit worse than they were a year ago. But quarterback's the biggest position. And the Jets have gone from, again, maybe the worst quarterback play of the league last year when you combine what you got from Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, and Mike White. If you want to throw in that game Chris Streveler played, maybe you can even though Strevler, you know, looked okay, I guess. Quarterback is now manned by Aaron Rodgers. And there's still a question of what, exactly what you're going to get from Rodgers. I think at 39, asking for MVP level play is going to be a lot. And that's just because he's 39. You know, there are outside of Tom Brady, there really aren't 39-year-olds who play at an MVP level. But I think it's reasonable to think Rodgers is probably going to be like a top eight type of quarterback. And that's an enormous upgrade. And on a roster where the Jets have talent at key spots, it's going to be interesting to see what Rodgers does and how much that impacts the team. Now, I'll go to the strongest position on the team. And that's cornerback. That's led by Sauce Gardner, first team All-Pro last year. It's also anchored by DJ Reed, who's an excellent outside corner in his own right, a guy who'd be number one corner on a lot of teams. And this duo gives the Jets a lot of flexibility on defense because it allows them to be more aggressive if they choose to blitz more frequently. Although Robert Sala, I think, likes to just rush four. But this is an excellent group of corners. You can even throw Michael Carter II in there, who's a good slot corner. And even beyond that, the depth, I think, is good because you have guys with starting experience and young guys in Brandon Echols and Bryce Hall... And although these guys may not be the greatest corners in the NFL, you do have guys who've got experience and guys who, if these are your number four, and number five corners, I think you're pretty good. Now, if they're your one and two, like they were back in 2021, you may have some issues at the corner position. But if these guys are your fourth and fifth, they're your backups. I think that's a pretty good spot to be in. Another spot where I think the Jets are very good right now is on the defensive line. They have that one anchor player, that one star guy, that one guy who really moves the needle in Quinnen Williams, a guy who you hope you can count on to be a double digit sack guy. Now I know last year was kind of his breakout year, so there's a question, is he gonna regress? Is he gonna maintain that level of play? But Quinn Williams you knows a very good player. My personal theory on Quinnen Williams is last year was his breakout year is the year he started to put it all together. I think if, if you're asking me what's going to happen, I think he's going to continue to be a great player. Uh, and after that, there's just a lot of quality players. You know, there may not be another great player, but you've got Carl Lawson. You've got John Franklin Myers, who I think will probably play a bit more inside this year, uh, a, t- a tackle. You've got, you know, Quinton Jefferson's okay. You know, he's not a bad player, especially as a pass rusher, so you can throw him in the mix. We were talking about third downs who, who could come in. And then uh, you also have some good depth, young depth players in Bryce Huff, a, a guy who really brought a lot of speed off the edge last year and had a pressure rate of around 20% in pass rushing situations. A couple guys that just drafted a year ago in Michael Clemens and Jermaine Johnson. This year's first round pick, Will McDonald. So lots of early round picks, lots of ability on this defensive line. Even Al Woods, a run stopper. Lots of guys who are good players. So defensive line and corner are... are I think very solid and I'd also go back to the offensive side of the ball the last position I'd say I think the Jets I feel really comfortable with what the Jets have is wide receiver and I won't lie that's mostly Garrett Wilson I mean after Garrett Wilson you have a lot of guys who are quality NFL players Garrett Wilson's the the star in the making in this group 1100 yards and one of the worst offenses in the NFL a bad infrastructure a year ago he really produced for for this team and then after him you know, you, you don't have great players. You've got Corey Davis, you've got Alan Lazard, you've got Nicole Hardman, you've got Randall Cobb. You know, none of those guys is spectacular. You know, none of them's really that great. But what you have in those, you have guys who are at least competent NFL receivers. And if you go back, you know, years where the Jets were throwing guys like Jermaine Curse out there, they were throwing like Rashard Matthews in Sam Darnold's rookie year. I mean, the Jets were, you could go back to Geno Smith's time with the Jets where they were giving David Nelson significant snaps. It's a big difference to have that type of guy, those type of guys behind a legitimate number one receiver in Garrett Wilson. Now I'd love to see the Jets add to that group, but I think based on the strength of Garrett Wilson and then a little bit based on the depth of the role players behind him, I think wide receiver is another position where you feel comfortable. I'm going to make one other point. So I've given you four positions where I feel really comfortable with what the Jets have, or at least comfortable to some degree. To me, on most teams, and you know, it, it can vary based on the quality of your players. It can, based on, it can vary based on the quality of what your scheme requires. But of the positions in the NFL, I just named you four of what I think are the five most important positions. You know, I named you quarterback. I named you corner. I named you defensive line. And I named you wide receiver. The only one that's not, I'm not including in this list among my top five is offensive line. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But I think the Jets are at least solid at four of these five spots. And that's one of the reasons I think that this is going to be a pretty good Jets team this year. You know, If you look FanDuel Sportsbook, our, our partner has the Jets around 9.5 wins as an over-under. That seems to be a pretty common theme. You see a lot of 9.5 wins, and that's kind of where I'm at right now with the Jets. I think, if you ask me right now, I think the Jets are probably around a 10-win team. And if you know, a few things break their way injury-wise and luck-wise, they maybe win a little bit more. If a few things, you know, they have some bad luck, maybe they win a little less. But I think it's around a ten-win team, and that's because I think in four of these five key spots, the Jets are—they are in pretty good shape, and they have talents. Now, ahead on the Locked On Jets podcast, we will turn our attention. So you can turn the show off now if all you wanted to hear was good things. Because ahead, we're going to tell you the positions where I have some concern, and one of the big five that I mentioned is among them: offensive line. You can talk yourself into it, but. You have to be a little bit worried about this line, and I'll explain why in a little bit more detail as we continue this Thursday episode of the Lockdown Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs and the upcoming NBA finals. The Denver Nuggets have already punched their ticket. It's probably going to be the Miami Heat that they're playing if the Heat can finish off the Boston Celtics. And no matter what the NBA Finals matchup is, you can go to FanDuel because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So if you're a big LeBron fan or if you're a local fan, you may not have a rooting interest in the NBA Finals, but there's no better bet on all the playoff action and the NBA Finals action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen every day. And dayers. thank you so much for tuning in. This is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. We have new episodes Monday through Friday and then bonus episodes as needed. Today we're taking stock of the Jets. Which positions are the strongest? We've talked about that in our first segment. Now we're going to turn to positions that... I have concerns about and first among them is the offensive line of the big five the big five I think are quarterback cornerback defensive line and wide receiver and then offensive line I think four of them I feel pretty good about what the Jets have offensive line is an area of concern for me and in part that's because the Jets do have a 39 soon to be 40 year old quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers has had a lot of success in his career on the move. He's been a mobile quarterback, maybe not the greatest rushing threat in the league, but a guy who can extend plays, a guy who has thrown with pinpoint accuracy accuracy, impossible throws on the run. And over the last couple of years, I think you've seen that mobility decrease. And when the mobility goes down, blocking effectively up front matters more. Now, I think Rodgers still has the ability to move within the pocket. And we've seen Tom Brady be... A quarterback without maybe without great mobility, but a guy who survived in the league as long as he did because he could move within the pocket. So that could help mitigate it to an extent. I know there's some there's some theories out there that Rogers' ability to draw offsides on a hard count slows down pass rushers. So maybe that helps your offensive line out a bit. I'll say this about the offensive line: you could talk yourself into it because there's a pathway to success for this line. You know, if Dwayne Brown holds up at 38, and if Makai Becton returns and plays up to that first round billing. And if Lakin Tomlinson shakes off a rough first season with the Jets and is more comfortable in year two, that's a lot of, that's three ifs right there. And I think when you're at this time of year, it's easy to talk yourself into things. It's easy to look at the, you know, the best case scenario. The best case scenario is the offensive line could be good. And if I had like one of those ifs, if I just needed one thing that was kind of up in the air to go right, you know, I'd feel good about it. I'd say okay that's a realistic path to success but when you need start needing two three things to go right on a five-man unit that's where you have to get a little concerned i think because i don't think you can assume everything's going to go right out for this line and i think it could have an impact and i think beyond that the run blocking is a bit of a concern for this for this unit now a couple now i will say a couple positive things here first of all i do like some of the depth players the jets brought in this year i thought West Schweitzer was a good addition as an interior offensive lineman. I think Billy Turner's good as a number three tackle. So what you won't have, as long as you don't suffer a number of injuries, you won't have like this decimation where you know, you're two injuries away from Connor McDermott starting a tackle. You don't want to go to backups. I'm not saying this, the line's going to be great if you have backups in there, but there's a difference between having a guy who could maybe hold the fort and give you a credible play versus throwing Connor McDermott out there. The other thing about the line is here's a good if. If Joe Tipman can step into the starting lineup right away, and that's not, I'm not going to count that yet because it's not a guarantee, but he was a second round pick. And one thing about the NFL, they don't evaluate every position great, but guys who are drafted in like that 20 to 50 range at center, they're usually pretty good. And there's no guarantee any individual player will be good. But what it tells me is that teams know what to look for in cent- at center. And that's one of those like league wide things where sometimes there's like, a lot of groupthink in the NFL and their teams just evaluate a position completely wrong because they don't, nobody ever stops to think do are we getting this right? At center it seems like they get it right because I have gone through the list of players almost all of them have been good centers who have been drafted between like the 20 and 50 range over the last decade or two. So if Timmy can step into the starting lineup, and he I mean, he can move people. I mean, he is not, he, he just throws people around out there when he locks on them you know, tipman has got some issues with his hand placement. There's some things he got to work on, but I've said this before. I'll say it again. Issues with technique can be, can be made up for if you're willing to be physical, if you're willing to, if you, if you have the, just the right attitude as an offensive lineman. So that's the type of thing that could raise the ceiling of the offensive line. And, It's the type of thing that could help the Jets out. And another thing that can help the Jets out is Elijah Vera Tucker's versatility. He's a guy who showed, at least for a limited time, if not longer, he can hold up at the tackle position. So that gives the Jets a little bit extra on the offensive line. But there are, look, there are questions about this line. And I think that that's an area where it's the number one concern that I have for this team right now. Because a bad offensive line can really set you back. And I'm not saying the Jets' offensive line is necessarily going to be bad, because as I laid out, there is a scenario where Everything could go quite well, but there are a lot of things that there are a lot of ifs that need to go right for the Jets on the offensive line. And I think we need to discuss those. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, there are two spot, two other spots where I have concerns: linebacker and safety. And they're kind of, I don't know that they're interchangeable because you never play a, a linebacker in the deep middle part of the field. But there are spots who play similar similar roles. Uh, you know, they kind of cover. The tight ends and the running backs and pass protection—they have to come up and play the run. You hope that your defensive line keeps them clean. You hope that uh, these guys—you know these guys—kind of play in the middle of the field. I've got concerns in both spots, and it, people will disagree because you know they say, "Well, the, we have these players. They have C.J. Mosley, who was a second-team All-Pro and a Pro Bowler last year, and to me, that was earned on reputation. I think Mosley plays the run pretty well still." I don't think he's a great fit for the scheme. I think that you want a linebacker who can cover a lot more ground than Mosley can. I don't think Mosley can really cover at this point in his career. He was never a great cover guy. I I don't think he was bad last year. I think he's still an effective guy at filling the gaps. I think he's an effective guy playing the run. But I don't think he's a great fit for the scheme. And I think that those accolades last year, a lot of them were based on reputation. And next to him is Quincy Williams, and Quincy Williams is like, in baseball, there's, he's like the home run hitter who strikes out a ton, because when Quincy Williams makes a play, you see Quincy Williams make a play, you notice it. Quincy Williams also misses a lot, you know, he, he whiffs on tackles sometimes, he, the biggest issue with him, he's just over-aggressive, he overruns plays at times, he fills the wrong gap too frequently, and then behind Quincy Williams, you got a lot of question marks, you got guys who could potentially step up, a Jamie and Sherwood, or a Zaire Barnes, but... I think linebacker's a, an issue, in part because I don't know that there's great coverage guys there. And then at the safety position, I like the addition of Chuck Clark. I think outside of quarterback, safety is probably the spot where the Jets have improved the most by putting Chuck Clark in over LaMarcus Joyner. But I don't think it makes that big of a difference. I think he and Jordan Whitehead are kind of interchangeable guys. They're both guys who are better at what people think of as the strong safety role, where you're playing close to the line, you're, you're playing the run. I don't think either of them are particularly adept in coverage, so... If you're looking at where the concerns are on the defensive side of the ball, it's kind of like the middle of the field. And I feel like if the Jets got like one guy who could play the middle of the field, it could be a safety, it could be a linebacker. guy I have in mind is somebody like like the way Jamal Adams used to be with the Jets. And of course, nobody's crying over that trade because Jamal Adams has not exactly been great in Seattle. And the Jets got two first round picks, one of which turned into Garrett Wilson, one of which turned into Elijah Vera Tucker. Jets made out quite well in that trade. So I'm not saying that it was a bad trade. It was a good trade because Jamal Adams did not continue to play well after he left the Jets. But that type of player, I think that would be like the finishing touch on this defense. And I think the Jets will have some issues against teams with good receiving running backs and good receiving tight ends. Now, the the positive to this, you know, the, the spots I told you about in the first segment, defensive line and corner, those are the spots you really need to be good at in today's NFL. Because although the Jets will struggle against receiving tight ends and receiving running backs... There aren't many teams that like make that a featured part of their offense. So if I have to be in a spot where that's problematic on defense, I think the two, one would be linebacker, one would be safety. So I'm not worried about the defense per se, but these are the, these are the issue areas where I see that there are some concerns. Now we're almost done talking about the Jets positions, but as we close out this Thursday episode of the Lockdown Jets podcast, I'm going to name you a couple of spots that I think are kind of up in the air, spots that are wild cards based on how certain young players perform. They're running back and they're tight ends. I'll explain why as we continue this Thursday edition of the Locked On Jets podcast. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Thursday. I'm actually answering a mailbag question from our Wednesday mailbag call where somebody asked me to rate the positions on the Jets roster. Where do I feel good? Where do I not feel so good? And what positions do I view as wild cards? I'm going to close out the show by telling you two spots that I think are kind of wild cards for the Jets. One is the running back position. If you're a longtime listener, you know, every dayer, you know that I love Brees Hall. You know that I loved the trade-up last year for Brees Hall. You know how excited I was when the Jets got Brees Hall. You know how devastated I was when he got injured because he was dominating. Great, you know, home run hitter, a guy tough back, you know, big back who didn't show it as much last year, but will in the NFL be a tough inside runner. Last year was more of a home run hitter. He brings both. I think he brings the total package as a runner. But he's coming off a serious injury. And I do think there's a bit of a question of what he's going to provide this year. You know, you've seen running backs suffer serious injuries similar to what Brees had, like a Saquon Barkley, who eventually got back to being great. But it took him some time. You know, even when he was healthy enough to play, he wasn't necessarily dominating right off the bat. It took him, you know, a couple of years to get all the way back. I have no doubt Brees is going to get all the way back. The question is whether it'll be this year. And I think, especially in the early part of the season, Jets are going to want to be very cautious. I think they're going to want to be very deliberate with how they proceed with Brees, because I think you don't want to ask him to do too much too soon. You don't want to put too much strain on him as he comes back from that serious knee injury. I think you'll want to limit his touches, because you'll want him down the stretch. You know, as the weather turns cold, you'll you'll want that guy you can just hand the ball to and know he'll be able to rip off four or five yards on any given play. And behind Brees, I think there are a lot of question marks. And folks who have been listening every day know that I... Like the fifth round pick, Izzy Abanaconda. I think he's another guy who could be a home run hitter. He's not Brees Hall. Nobody is. There's no other Brees out there. Uh, but Abanaconda is a guy who I think brings in extra gear. He's got speed. Now, there are some other spots that he was a little inconsistent. I think the one thing he brings to the table is that, that home run ability, that speed. I think everything else he's okay at. Uh, we'll see how he does as a rookie. I think he could be a contributor. But I think a lot of it comes down to Brees. And another wild card is Michael Carter, who had a good rookie season, a promising rookie year, and really did not follow it up at all. A guy who actually got benched during the season because he was just not productive. And after Brees went down, I was devastated. And I knew the Jets could not replace him, but I felt like Carter would leave them in a good place at running back. And he really struggled quite a bit. And then up behind him, you have Bam Knight, who you know, played like three good games and then three games where he didn't really do a whole lot. So there's a lot up in the air at the running back position. And part of it's just, we don't know whether we're going to get the great breeze just yet. We will at some point, will it be this year? And that's, well, that's up to how he rehabs and how quickly he can get the D back to full strength. The other position that I think is a wild card is tight ends. Now, every day as you know how I feel about tight ends. You know how I feel about Conklin and Uzama. You know how I feel about the money that was spent to bring them in. And for those of you who are new to the show, I don't feel good about it at all. I I don't think that they're particularly productive players. I don't think that the Jets were well advised to spend that money last year. I I thought that the Jets' tight ends were just not very good last year. But there is some hope. And that hope is in the form of a second-year player out of Ohio State named Jeremy Ruckert, who the Jets drafted at the end of the third round last year. And I liked that pick. And Rucker's an interesting player because he's kinda, you kind of have to develop him both as a blocker and a receiver. I think as a blocker, he's very willing. You'll see him throw his body around. You'll, you'll already see some highlight real blocks. Sometimes he's a little out of control, though. I think he's got to work on consistent technique. I think he's got to focus on making sure he's not, you know, he's not, it's great to have aggression. And like I said with Joe Titman, aggression as a blocker makes up for a lot of sins. But I think sometimes he's a little too aggressive and that causes his technique to go away and he misses on some blocks sometimes. So they have to develop him that way. They also he also needed development as a receiver because first of all, at Ohio State, did not run that big of a route tree. But beyond that, they had so many talented wide receivers in that in that program. That was Garrett Wilson was there. Chris Olave was there. Jackson Smith and Jigbo was there. Jameson Williams was there. When you have that kind of talented wide receiver, the tight end's not going to get the ball very much. That's not a that's not to say anything bad about Jeremy Rucker, that's just to say you have so much talent at wide receiver. This is something similar to Dawson, what Dawson Knox had at Mississippi, the Bills tight ends, where he had DK Metcalf and Elijah Moore. Um, oh, I'm sorry, not Elijah Moore, and A.J. Brown. You know, he, Dawson, Dawson Knox just did not have many opportunities. He came to the NFL and became a good tight end. And I think that's the kind of the hope for Jeremy Rucker. He, just, he spent a year of developing, hopefully developed his blocking technique a little bit, developed a little bit as a pass catcher, as a route runner. If he does that, I mean, I think there's a real opportunity for Rucker to potentially earn a job and show he belongs and give the Jets some quality, quality tight end play. Frankly, for the first time since Dustin Keller was here, I mean, I, I'm trying to think back to who the best Jets tight end has been in recent memory. It was Dustin Keller. I mean, after that, you have like the, the one year where Austin Severian Jenkins did a few things. You know, that Ryan Griffin year where nobody covered him in the red zone. I mean, It's been, it's been a pretty dismal period for the Jets at the tight end position. And I think there's one guy who could end it. I think Rucker's the wild card and Rucker could take this tight end position to the next level, which is, you know, actually decent tight end play. So hopefully Rucker can do it and, you know, some of the early signs from the offseason program are optimistic. So my hopes are with Rucker because I don't have a lot of hopes for Conklin or Uzama. But Rucker, I think this good guy could could end up being a decent player for the Jets. Anyway, I'd love to hear what you have to say. That's all for today's episode. This has been the Lockdown Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day's our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're listening on a podcast, please give the show a five-star review, or if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out, help other Jets fans find the podcast. Have a great Thursday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to close out the week.